In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, me and my co-host Richard Stamen, we are going to discuss the players that we think could possibly stay in the draft and stay out. We're going to talk about the guys that are, at least we think, are on the fence. Stay tuned. Big shout out to each and every person that's made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. I'm your co-host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. And this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. And when you enter the promo code locked on NBA, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Now, be sure to hit the like button, subscribe if you want the best NBA draft content that's coming to you daily. I don't think anybody else is putting out content daily like we do. And my co-host for today is Richard Stamen, Mr. Mavs Draft. It's weird that we are back at our respective houses and, and, and recording over Zoom after doing episodes last week live in Chicago. And those episodes are like putting up crazy, crazy numbers for us. So I guess the people like the live, the the live content, but are you fully recovered from Chicago? <laughs> Man, I got back late Saturday night and I swore it was late Sunday and then Sunday happened. I was like, wait, today's Sunday. I was very discombobulated, but obviously in this for, for the, everyone who doesn't know, we had to do a couple of those episodes twice because Raphael actually lost his, uh, not really lost, stole. somebody stole yeah, somebody stole it. I'm not putting it. I almost blamed you for it. <laughs> Raphael's stuff got stolen. So we had to try it again. And I think, honestly, we made it even better on round two. So it was it was a blast. And uh, it's crazy. For those who don't know, Raphael knows everyone. Like, everybody was like, hey, Raphael. And, like, everybody knew him. I don't know everybody. There's a few people I don't know. But, yeah, I, I thought I lost the memory card. And... I just remember spending like two hours retracing my step, going through my bag, checking my pockets. And the next day, the lady was like, no, we saw it sitting there. And and basically at the at the combine, you wouldn't assume anybody was still because the only people in there are media people and scouts and agents. But I'm just going to assume that it was either someone that probably forgot their memory card and saw it sitting there, but they, they told me that they saw the memory card and and they said they normally just leave it leave it there because they know the person to come back to it. And that was the only thing that they stole. I mean, some of my, my computer stuff was there. But anyway, we had to record the episode twice. I had an interview with Tamani Kamara <laughs> I recorded that I had to do all over again, And uh, but that'll come out soon. All right, so let's talk about today's episode. We're talking about guys that we think are on the fence and that was pr a pretty big topic around Chicago is that, you know, this player wants to stay in the draft, but they don't know if they're going to be in the first round. The NIL money at school is a lot bigger. I've heard some guys could potentially make $1 million in NIL money next year. I heard their schools have put together like really big collectives because they want to try to win a national championship. And it's going to be interesting to see like who stays, who um, returns to school. And then with 
there being three two ways now, I've heard that some teams are hoping to like use that on a guy that may not be ready at all in this year's draft. You know, somebody that they feel like, well, we know he's not going to get drafted, but we're hoping he's a guy that just doesn't like school. And instead of wasting a draft pick on him, we can, you know, use one of our multiple two ways. So, again, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Like, who's the first name that comes to mind for you that you think is, like, on the fence? I always think of Jordan Walsh. Uh, He's one of my higher-rated guys on the fence. He is currently at 35 for me. And I think he improved his stock enough where you can say, I, I mean, we talked to multiple people and I, I think you were there when we were talking to somebody who was like, you know, 25, 40 is really his range. It's like the consensus. And then I talked to somebody individually that said that as well at the combine. I think that's a sweet spot for him. And I really think he's going to, he's probably going to stay. I, I really hope he does. I think it'd be the right decision. I don't know what he can do at Arkansas to recoup his stock. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on it. And I actually talked to Jordan directly on I think Friday and then I've talked to some people that like train him and and just kind of work with the agencies with and right now I mean based off what they're telling me they still don't know this they're still gathering feedback at one point it may have been like 60 40 stay but that was probably two weeks before the combine and I, I don't I don't know what the feedback is now it's really tough because if he's 25 through 40 and I imagine I mean, maybe even this year after 40, teams are going to just start offering guys 40 through 58 two ways. And if the two way is 500,000 or whatever, he can probably get that at Arkansas. And I've heard they've put together like a really nice collective package. And some of the NIL stuff, which, you know, you really don't get, I mean, it's not like you can go online and find out what a guy's getting in NIL. But I heard, for example, Grady Dick made $700,000 off merch. That's just what I heard. I don't know how true it is. Not bad. And uh, you can imagine the shirt was a play off of his last name. (laughs) That that made it pretty popular. But I've heard, like, that's the type of money some guys can get at these big Power 5 schools on top of the NIL. So it leaves, you know, guys that have a really, really tough decision to make. A, a name that I heard could be getting big money is Zach Eady. I heard he has a, a pretty difficult choice. And what makes his a little complicated is that he is from Canada. And with the whole NIL thing, I guess uh, if you're not an American citizen, you can't get NIL. Well, you can. There's loopholes around it. And I guess because it's considered like, a job or something like that and and if you are like an international student you're on a student visa which means you can't work and and don't quote me but i have heard multiple times that international students can't get nil but if they do there's like loopholes like the team would have to play like a preseason game in another country and then you can get all your money from there like i i heard to shibwe they had to play like some exhibition games outside of the U.S. for him to get his money. So you really got to be creative with it. So with with Edie, I'm wondering if he goes back to school based off a of strong NIL. I mean, from everything I've heard, that he didn't hurt his draft stock at all at the combine. Now I didn't. I was like at the gym for his pro day, but I didn't watch it because I was like 
I think I had like some radio interviews or whatever. So as a long, I don't know, <laughs> long winded question slash answer. But what do you think about Zach Eady in your mind? What's the best choice for him? If he can make NIL money, he's got a way better chance to get drafted next year. We'll be saying this a lot, but next year's class is just not as good. It is There's a significant drop-off from afar. Things can change, but for the most part, we're projecting this pretty easily to be a worse class than the one this year. And because of that, Zach Eady has a much better chance to get drafted next year. I think this year's like 70th ranked prospect is at minimum going to be like next year's 60th, like that kind of gap where it, it's a noticeable gap come second round at the moment. Again, things change, but I think if he can get that much money, like north of half a million, he should be, he should easily like, or actually if he can get more than he could on a two way, whatever he could be making in the G league professionally, if he can be making more in college next this year, he absolutely should return. It's it's tough, man, because even going back to school, I don't think that, I mean, he's not going to be a floor spacer. And even if he does shoot 40% from three, I don't know how much it helps him because I think of Luca Garza was in the same situation. He came back and improved as a shooter. It's just that people still had him in the box. I mean, Garza is on the NBA roster. I mean, I, I think he had a game where he like actually played and had some good numbers at the end, but for the most part, he's on the Iowa Wolves. And I just think Edie's a guy that maybe like a Drew Timmy in a sense, right? You can go back to school, but your college coach is more concerned about you winning, not trying to help you improve your draft stock. So Matt Painter is not going to say, hey, we're going to run some pick and pops for Zach Edie to show <laughs> that he can space the floor. It's like, no, get your butt on that block and dominate and help us win games because we really got to prove that we can win NCAA tournament games, which I think Purdue's lost early back-to-back -back years, if I'm not mistaken. Back-to-back-to-back, -to -back -to -back, actually. Three years in a row. They've okay. lost to a 13 seed. For, uh, I think they lost 13, 15, and 16, or 13, 14, 16, and back-to-back-to-back -back years. Shout out North Texas. <laughs> which makes it even more realistic for Purdue to come up with a mega NIL offer because, I mean, you got a player of the year candidate. If he comes back, you want to at least win a tournament game or two. All right, when we return, we'll talk about a few other prospects that we think are on the fence. But I want to talk to you about these pants that fit, they're comfortable, they provide versatility, and you know in basketball, we love versatility. And we, when I'm talking about bird dogs, the first thing that comes to mind is how versatile they are. You can wear your bird dogs to, to the golf course. You can wear them on a date. You can wear them on a meeting. And they are made of this stretchy fabric that will make your legs look great. And they are comfortable, more comfortable than any of your other shorts and your pants. And they give you the freedom to wear shorts and pants on a golf course to a meeting, a date, hanging out with friends. So I'm advising you to try bird dog pants or shorts. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. And when you enter the promo code locked on, they'll throw in a free custom bird dog Yeti style tumbler with every order. So again, try bird dogs. If you got a gut, and I talked about it last time, if you got a gut, bird dogs, cover your gut if you have a dad bot again birddogs.com slash locked on nba
Big shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. And in tomorrow's episode, I have an interview with Tumani Kamara. I know I had mentioned it yesterday that the interview would be in today's episode, but I'm going to push it back one day. And this episode, we are talking about guys that we think are on the fence. I want to ask you about a guy that I think should go back to school. And I wasn't too impressed with him in 5-on-5 action. He is the social media favorite. It's Grant Nelson. Now, Grant tested well, but I just, I saw the flashes in the 5-on-5 play. But I think he should go back to school. Even when you look at the games that he had against Kansas this year, the game that he had against Arkansas, didn't really stand out in, in those games. And then he blew up on social media and caught everybody's attention. Now, I will say that I do think a team would give him a two-way, maybe not draft him, but give him a two-way. And I think that he's going to have a, a choice of teams to choose to sign with on the two-way, but they're really going to have to develop him as far as a shot, his feel for the game, and just his overall, um, just overall just trying to find his niche what is his role because he moves incredibly well and he can attack a closeout but if you're not really a good shooter then how is he going to score in a half court and that's my biggest concern so if I'm Grant Nelson I'm going back to school he is someone that I think it should be a no-brainer because with his popularity on social media if he goes to one of these bigger schools his NIO money is going to be is going to be up there. So what are your thoughts on Grant Nelson? Yeah, I think he should go back to. I mean, like you said, I mean, did you did you think his shooting looked good at the combine? No. No. Yeah, I, I, mean, I know I that was like the either. biggest concern, but I I can't even really say I saw like flashes of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for him his shot did not look like it wasn't falling. He really struggled in that regard. He looked, what's the right word for it? He wasn't outmatched, but he definitely, you can tell he played in the Summit League, right? And like it was a noticeable draw, like big jump for him, right? Where he's just not playing against the same guys. I think he's a really good kid. Uh, he was somebody who I got to talk to after, but like you said, the NIL money is going to be ridiculous for him. Shout out KJ. That dude should be getting commission. Like the video he made for Grant Nelson. I mean, he got millions of views. Like he changed Grant Nelson's life uh, in that regard. And uh, yeah, I think, I think Grant Nelson though, overall, if he went to any power five school, I mean, he's making way more than he would be making next year in the NBA. Yeah, I think it changed his life. And I think the additional exposure kind of made him a target in a sense also because now people are watching to say, oh, man, he's not all that. Oh, he's he's was overhyped. And so I, I did see on, on social media the doubters, the people that are like, well, he's not doing it against great competition. I did see them become really vocal after not really standing out um, at the combine. Who else do you think is on the fence? I think Adem Bona could be one of the guys on the fence. I know some people have said, you know, he's like, no doubt staying in, but he's been hurt. 
hasn't really done much to hasn't no he hasn't had the chance to do much excuse me to change his stock one way or the other i'm interested i mean i think we're going to get a couple surprise announcements of guys that go you know what i could get a late first this year i think i could get top 20 next year adem bona might be one of these guys so i i'm interested to see what he does i had a chance to uh talk with him for a little while at the combine and um, I had mentioned to him that I used to live in Turkey. And I remember watching him when he first got to Turkey. He was like, for real? And, you know, I mean, you don't really see Black people in Turkey too often. And I told him that I that I knew Epe, Epe Udo. And Epe is one of my best friends. And Epe was like a huge deal in Turkey. And Adem was saying that when he first got to Turkey, by being Nigerian, everybody told him, just watch Epe, just watch Epe. And uh, so he said he was a big fan of Epe. So I was able to connect them. And I think Epe is going to be able to, you know, at least give him some sound advice and and just let him know, like, you know, what what type of, what he's looking, what's ahead of him as far as, like, um, the NBA. And, and we'll see. I, I think for him, if I had to, like, lean one way or the other, I think he'd probably lean towards staying in the draft on one hand by him not participating at the combine and doing anything it probably just it didn't hurt him I, i'll say that much i think some guys were hurt and really all he had to do was interview and i thought i thought the way his season ended it, it ended on a strong note so um but yeah i i lean towards he's gonna stay in let's talk about kobe brown i know you're a kobe brown guy what do you think he should do i think he's staying in i mean if i had to guess i think he's gonna get I mean, 40 to very late first. I think he's a top 10 second round guy at a worst case scenario. I think he should stay in. It's especially when you're a senior and you just did that, like where he took incredible jumps everywhere. Outside of NIL money being better, like what benefit is there of going back? And like, what can he do on the court that can make him a higher value player? I mean, unless he fully repeats everything. And honestly, I don't think he will because an entire season, I mean, he probably could. He's going to be older than most guys. But like, would it be enough to actually make a jump? I, I just, I think if you can get paid now, start that NBA clock quicker. I, I think he's going to stay in. Yeah. I mean, he was born January 1st, 2000. So he's already 23 and he'd be 24. And, and to me, it just makes no sense. Go ahead and get that clock started. I was talking, I don't know if I should mention his name, but I was talking to a prospect and he he could face the same decision, but he's like, I'm all the way in. He's like, do I want to go to class or do I want to like be a pro and learn how to be a pro, play the pro game? He's like, I've done enough years of college. I know what that's like. He was like, practice is bored. And he was saying like the biggest difference between the NBA or even like G League in college is he feels like you get better at practice even in the g league than you would in college because if you're a college star you're that much better better than your guys but um this is just you know one, one guy's opinion and he said that he's definitely in all right judah mintz i know we talked about judah at, in another episode and uh was shocked to find out that from what looked like he didn't have like a, a crazy game but he finished with like 13 points in that scrimmage uh, what do you think about Judah Mintz? Yeah, let me take this time to apologize for misinformation on my end. I did not see the box score, and I, I just I really didn't think he had popped. And like like Rafael said, I mean, he had 13 points. He actually did find a way to get an impact on the game. 
that's just an error on my end. So I apologize on that, but I think he's going to actually return. I think he's one of these guys where you look at, he didn't shoot the ball. Well, that that's no secret. He, he struggled really early in the season to get going from three. However, he still shot 75% from the line, which is always a strong indicator. It's almost like how Julian Phillips has that massive gap, uh, 30% from, from three, but 75% on the line. One of those is way more promising than the other. Right. But really from the end of January on, I mean, he shot 47% on two and a half attempts per game. That's almost half the season. I mean, if you break it down, let's do even just before then, I mean, I guarantee the three point percentage below 30 at this point, uh, 17% in his first 20 games in his last 12, 47%. So for me, I feel like there's some hunger left there, right? Where he, I know he wants to play man defense. I'm a hundred percent certain of that. They're not going to be running zone defense anymore, like the Syracuse way. And he could show, hey, I'm actually a shooter. And what I did in that second half of that season was real. He's a first-round prospect. Even with the length not standing out, 6'3 with 6'3 arms, I think he could really pop into that first round as just a dynamic playmaker and just overall offensive stud. Yeah, you know, I don't even think you should apologize because sometimes 13 points – I mean, it's 13 points, but it doesn't mean like you really, really impacted the game. I was actually shocked to see that he had 13 points when I saw the box score. And I guess an example was I felt like at the last Lakers Nuggets game, Anthony Davis on paper had 21 and 14. (laughs) But I can't say that I thought he made like a real impact in the game. And I felt like Tristan Thompson had a major impact in the game. He only scored four points in 10 minutes. But anyway, so like I said, I didn't think that he stood out that game until I saw the box score. I agree 100% what you're saying. He had a strong second half of the season. And that's why you got to like go back and watch your film. I see so many guys hold on to a take that they had in December or January and they run it all the way through and they don't realize like you need to go back and watch Really, I feel like you need to watch these guys in waves. You need to watch the first time. You need to go back and watch the second time. And then you need to watch the third time. And maybe on the third time, focus on what they do well. And I think that's when you end up with a fair assessment. But, you know, most guys, if they got a feeling about a player, they're going to hold on to that all season long. Who else do you think is on the fence? I would, I mean, I just said the name. Let's do Julian Phillips. I, I think he's truly on the fence, number one vertical in the combine, uh, at least max vertical. Weird situation with the shot 3.7 attempts at the line, 82.2%, one and a half threes a game, 24%. Wasn't that efficient transferring from Tennessee? He has a lot of different options he could do here. I think he should ultimately return to college and be exactly the same way Judah Mintz prove that that shot is real, that the free throw percentage is what you believe and not the three-point percentage. I think he has a great chance to go round one next year. When we return, I want to ask you about what schools would you choose for him. So take a second to think about that. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you, the audience, about FanDuel. Because right now, if you are a new customer, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And this is at FanDuel.com. There is no better place to bet on the NBA Finals than America's number one sports book. Well, I guess I shouldn't say NBA Finals because Boston did extend the season. I 
I, I thought they were done. I thought they were going to get swept. But visit FanDuel.com slash locked on, and you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NBA. So make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs and finals. All right, we left off talking about Julian Phillips. What's a good fit for him as far as school since you think that he should return to school? Yeah, I know. So he's in the transfer portal. He's not going back to Tennessee. I do think one of the spots that has been listed as a, a, a front runner for him is Kansas State. I think they're an interesting one. Keontae Johnson's probably gone. That's a small forward for small forward. And Kansas State's recruiting class, they just got guards. I mean, they really just are replacing Marquise Noel. And I think that he could fit really well in that regard. Kansas State was a top 30 defense. Julian Phillips is a monster on defense for those who don't know. I mean, we talked about his athleticism at the very beginning. Like, there, it's a reason. He's intelligent and athletic. He uses all those tools well. The jump shot is the big question. I really think that Kansas State would actually be a great spot for him. And the Big 12 is known for defense. It's a veterans league. If he can shine there, he, he can be a, a top 25 pick easily. And that's probably being conservative. Yeah. Yeah, we still got a week left, so players are probably looking to get as much feedback as possible the, the rest of this week or the next seven days, and then hopefully they can shine in, in pro days. Here's a name that I heard people talk about, and to me it makes absolutely zero sense for him to go back to school, but it's Terrence Shannon Jr. I feel like he's been on radars for so long. I what what at this point can he do? Because I think he's proven the right hand is not going to develop in college that well. He's fast. He's he's an inconsistent shooter at this point. Like, if, would a fifth year of being a great shooter and not developing the right hand even do much? Because last year at Texas Tech, he was a, he was actually a great shooter. Seventy eight percent from the line, thirty eight percent from three, forty five and a half percent from the field. Like. What can he do at this point? I think he's best off staying in the NBA. And like you said, developing in like the G League, like embracing that. Yeah, I just feel like he's been on the radar forever. And I feel like he's played three different roles in college. Like his freshman year, he was like a dunker spot wing that was very reluctant to shoot. And then he turned into a guy that shot a lot of threes. Then we saw a little bit more to his game at, at Illinois. I don't know, man. Like, I just feel like he's been around a long time and he chose to develop in college over the NBA, but he didn't make like that big jump that you expect from like a senior. Cause I think he did three at Texas tech. Is it three? Yeah. Three at Texas tech, one at yep. Illinois reality. He probably has like two more years left of eligibility if he wanted to use it using the COVID year and a grad year but I just feel like you know it's, it's just time it's just time to go <laughs> and leave I don't really I don't know I'm just I guess so I, I want to say he didn't make this big jump that like a Corey Kispert or Ochai Kwaji yeah. made they made like this huge jump and he hasn't made it Andre Jackson I, I'm, I'm sold on Andre Jackson in the draft what about you I think he's every, everything seems to be first rounder. I heard some great stories, by the way, about his intangibles, about he was the glue on UConn that uh, maybe as you was telling me, but like all this stuff about how just great of a teammate he is. 
he's somebody texted me today they're like is he andre roberson with like great passing and honestly if he's more that, athletic though he, of course i don't think it's only <laughs> one i i still think he's josh green white like i still stand by that my one concern for him and i think it's going to be negated teams will still like him one team will see him shoot great or something but how does he put the ball in the basket in half court offense and i i, just, I really struggle with that it looks like a very labored shot but he still always finds a way to impact the game, defense, passing, whatever it is, just making the right play. Those kind of guys have value. I think ultimately he stays in the draft and gets like a 28th through 35th pick. Yeah, I think if you're 28 through 35, and this is what year three, he's done three years of school. I think it just makes it, it makes sense because 28 through 35, I think you're going to end up getting a contract. Is there anybody else that you wanted to discuss? I think that's it. I actually just won. I know this guy's randomly been listed as, is he coming back or not? And that is Bryce Sensabaugh. It's, do you think there's any truth to him being on the fence? I haven't heard anything. Was I mean, but I haven't heard anything about him, period. Like, there's certain, some guys that are, like, you know, projected first-round picks that you don't hear anything. I haven't heard anything about a workout. And, you know, maybe he's working out for teams that don't post. But yeah. I have heard – anything about Bryce Sensible. I don't even remember if, seeing him at the combine. I was just about to say, could you remember a thing? I don't think he tested. I don't think he measured. He's been under the radar. So like, I think that might be why people are saying it. If you had to predict, would you say he goes back or stays in? Cause he could be that surprise. I think in that first round. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think anybody that is projected that high is going to go back. I mean, we saw Traquavion was a guy that I thought Traquavion Smith that had first round buzz last year. He returned to school. He helped NC State win, get to the NCAA tournament, and it has not helped his draft stock at all. Even though I heard, I heard he had a, a really good pro day today, which probably, you know, depends on how much stock you put in the pro days, but I think it kind of made it so the last impression at the combine wasn't the last thing they saw of him. But I think if you had to ask Torquavion, like realistically, if you could do it all over again, I know you wanted to go back to school. I know you wanted to win, but would you stay in the draft? I think he would have said yes. Yeah. So I think since the ball, and I think his stock is even higher than Turks was at this time last year. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. Once again, big thanks to everybody that makes this podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Rafael Barlow. He's Richard Stamen, and we are out.